1: It's time for X's and O's With Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell On the Minnesota Vikings radio network Now from the TCO studios in Eagan Here is the voice of the Vikings Paul Allen Hey Go with X's and O's on the KFAM Minnesota Vikings Radio Network and Vikings.com. I'm Paul Allen, joined by Minnesota Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell, courtesy of the Minnesota Lottery, up a very, very exciting victory against the Atlanta Falcons, four in a row for the Minnesota Vikings. Here come the Saints this weekend. Dobbs. Now he's played on some decent teams, but never a high-end passing squad with a play-calling head coach. I just think it's beautiful that there seems to be so much untapped with the young man because of
0: circumstance, even seven years into the league. Do you see it like that? Yeah, and and the best part about Josh is he's got some great experience, maybe in different offenses, different circumstances. As I told him, whatever they've been, we're going to use that experience as a positive. But what what I want him to do looking at his opportunity here uh, is just know that he's going to be completely supported uh, both schematically and from just a support system of a coaching staff and a locker room uh, that is as close-knit and, and highly functional as any in the National Football League. Um, and I believe he's got a chance to, to truly you know, put some of the best football he's played on tape, not by doing anything more than what he's capable of. Right. Very smart, very athletic, throws it at a high level. Um, I think he's going to be a great fit. Uh, he demonstrated that in some really tough circumstances on Sunday. Now let's see, can we build upon that effort, you know, as a unit? And the the Saints' defense
1: is, let's put it this way, a little different than the last one you saw with Cam Jordan and Demario Davis and a defensive head coach. Fair way yeah. to
0: look at it? Yeah, they're they're one of the better defenses I believe in the league. You know, you can turn on the tape, and it doesn't take long to see those names you just mentioned, Lattimore, They've got two really good safeties. Um, I think uh, Adobe's playing really good at the other corner spot. Um, they're very, very deep. They're physical. They fly around. And I think Dennis Allen is one of the you know really good defensive minds in the NFL. He's going to watch a lot of our tape, what we've done, and they're going to be a really tough outfit to move the ball against. Our execution's got to be at a premium. We we've got to make sure we don't have negative plays uh, that set our team back, and just consistently try to get all 11 guys doing their job and see how comfortable we can get Josh throughout the day and still a new system now
1: now many quarterbacks back to Dobbs in the Atlanta game have eluded on charging defenders but they don't all get away using sheer strength yeah which I mean he he did it multiple times Uh, Dobbs has
0: that uh, just naturally doesn't he he does and he's got uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for his ability uh, especially on the scrambles to to get hidden yardage in the game that really defines a, a lot of when you look back on even his performances early in the year in Arizona, uh, you know, at Seattle, they get a penalty to back him up. I think their first and goal from the 20-something yard line, he zone reads for a touchdown. There were some plays against Sam Fran, extending plays against the, one of the best defenses in the league and just moving the chains, you know, matriculating the ball down the field, yeah. uh, not by scheme, but by sheer will, talent, understanding of <laughs> it's man coverage and they don't have somebody. Uh, responsible for me i can go get this first down right now he did it multiple times on sunday for us and then when we needed to uh he was able to drop back and make some huge throws in that two minute drive to go win the football game
1: uh, just a little teaching point for yours truly maybe those watching or listening on kfan when, when you have a quarterback who can be a legitimate running threat does that generally mean less man defense like more zone defense so I guess the corners don't turn their back to the... Yeah,
0: they don't want to take their eyes off of the quarterback. Either that, or you're going to get man defense with a player responsible for the quarterback. Either a spy uh, from the linebacker position, you may see a safety dropping down with the ability to help on any crossing routes, but also be responsible if the quarterback does take off. Uh, The interesting thing for us is historically we've seen Those types of defenses be instead of that guy dropping down to account for the quarterback, he's doubling Justin Jefferson or Jordan Addison or T.J. Hawkinson. Um, So I think defenses are going to have to make a decision uh, if they want to try to continue to provide outlets and help on coverages uh, for some of the matchups that we have, especially when Justin does come back. Um, Josh is going to have some opportunities to change the game with his legs and in doing so we'll probably force people to make the alternative decision of make sure they account for that that will mean single coverage for people and and we can go to work there
1: now your defense holy cow uh green bay strip sack at the 15 they go backwards turnover on downs atlanta the lorenzo carter recovery down to the one they go backwards and get a field goal and then you eat up that middle eight you talk about so frequently and score with Madison. All right, that, I mean, that's textbooks. Strong collective effort, right? Yeah,
0: that's what it's really been. I mean, whether it's complimentary football, that's great. That's what we intend to do every Sunday. But it's the uh, responses to some of this adversity that maybe we didn't get early on in the season. Maybe a negative play turned into seven points the other way for the offense or vice versa. We go You know, defense gives up a long drive and then we go out and go three and out or we turned it over. Uh, There just didn't seem to be that synergy to be able to play true complementary football. And what complementary football is, it's not always good stacked with good stacked with good. It's the ability to overcome some of those negative parts that happen in our game, whether you want to coach, uh, you know, each and every minute of the day and night and game plan all day. There's still going to be bad stuff that happens sometimes. Uh, The teams that win in this league overcome it and find a way to come out better on the other side.
1: Oh, we I mean, we saw it all training camp just with the untrained eye, and you talked about it a lot, penetrating Flores' defense, which was new to so many. So then you start playing the games. Is it fair to say that while everybody was learning the nuance of such a unique defense that it's resonating incredibly well with all of them now?
0: Yeah, I think they have ownership of it. Um, there 's many times in a game where flow gives them the ability to check in and out of calls based upon what they feel like the offense is doing, um, and it has been you know huge critical plays for us getting off the field on third down. Uh, maybe getting to the quarterback, forcing a negative play, a a fumble against Carolina, you know, uh, an incomplete on a big third down to get us the ball back. Um, All of those things, they have ownership now. We're applying new principles to the defense each and every week based upon some of the things we've previously done. Um, So it's exciting for me to sit back and watch Coach Flo and his staff are doing a tremendous, tremendous job. And then the ownership of the players, the leadership of Harrison and Jordan and uh, Harrison Phillips up front, Daniil Hunter, Byron Murphy, Josh Metellus, Cam Bynum. I mean, these guys are playing great football, um, and they're striving to get better each and every week, and, and that's what's showing up on the grass. So,
1: so, I mean, offensively, this would be the case, too, once everybody is rote on exactly the expectations. But defensively, given it's so much newer than those who were with your offense last year, does that give Flores the confidence to take more chances, maybe get more aggressive
0: with, with certain more risky type calls, you know what I mean? I think so. And, and even when uh, the offense has the perfect play, the John O. Smith touchdown the other day, they've got a screen called. Uh, we're in an all out pressure. It's a great play, great design, um, great execution by those guys. There's no panic. You know, we're going to be right back up on the field, uh, you know, their next opportunity with the same mindset that. Yeah, they might have got one, but yep. you know, over the course of four quarters, we're going to make our plays. We're going to force enough negatives to give our football team a chance to win, and uh, that's what I love about the group right now.
1: Now, this, um, this might be the best Daniil Hunter has ever played the run, I mean, at least in, in my opinion from the outside. What, what's key about that, him playing so physically in the run game?
0: Well, the way you saw it is how I saw it. I saw Daniil Hunter play the best football game along the line of scrimmage in the run game that I've seen since we've been here. Daniel's made a lot of plays, but consistently dominating on the edge, dominating, making plays, turning the ball back inside on wide zone plays, uh, taking on two, three blockers, and still winning uh, down in the low red to force uh, you know an opportunity for his teammates to make a tackle and get off the field. Uh, those stops that he made or those individual effort plays that he made go right along with his 10 sacks and... Uh, really, in my mind, Daniel's been one of the better defensive players in the league this year. Hawkinson, Kevin O'Connell, Alexis, and O's uh, deep stretch with this part of the show. Um,
1: Hawkinson sure is giving you not only some big plays but some timely plays, and there's a toughness factor there too. With, I mean, he basically won the game uh, at Green Bay, you yeah. know, by shaking a tackle and dragging somebody. Then he went Mark Bavaro on it at um, at Atlanta, yeah. dragging people like 10 yards. I mean, I'm not saying I never thought he was tough, but
0: I mean, we're just seeing things we haven't seen from TJ. Yeah, we're learning, you know, we clearly valued TJ a ton getting the contract done and trading camp and wanting him to be a Minnesota Viking for a long time. Uh, But that's the coolest part is we're still learning some things about the player and they're all positive. I mean the statistics, you know, he's basically matched what he did in 10 games once he arrived last year. He's already matched that uh, in nine games this year with a lot of football to play. Uh, But the toughness factor, a guy that is clearly working through something during the game in a very physical game. That was, you could probably feel it from up top. That was a physical football game. Uh, They were clearly trying to, you know, whether it was some of the plays that did get flagged, some of the ones that didn't, uh, there was some physical, physical play going on. And you had to know what you were signing up for, especially if you were dinged up uh, from a previous play. That individual bavaro esque effort uh, was a critical, critical field-flipping play. Um, in a game where you know we, we thought we were going to need a couple of those plays uh, to function and eventually get down in the red zone and get points every time. Uh, can't say enough about TJ. He's overcome a lot, uh, just continues to be uh, a beacon for those quarterbacks who's ever in the game for us, uh, finding him over the middle in critical moments or uh, when he gets the you know one-on-one matchups outside the numbers, he's winning those. Um, We're gonna keep getting TJ as many touches as we can. He's having a very underrated year in the run game as well paired with Josh Oliver So complete three down player, and we're lucky to have him
1: you're old enough to remember Mark Bavaro I am was it Monday
0: night football against the Niners. I think when he played for the Giants I was young. I my my hair was not as uh, gray as it's now or clearly as much as yours is but uh, (laughs) But uh, I would say that uh, growing up in New Jersey you knew who? Mark Bravara was for sure. How, how
1: would you describe Josh Metellus's approach to the game?
0: I just think he's so consistent in his love of playing this game. Like He has such joy and success through the simplicity of just doing his job but then thriving within that and that's what really defines players in our defense. Guys that do their jobs because their job affects the other 10 guys but let's not make any mistake about it. There's plays that come across Uh, you know, a player, you know, those five to ten snaps in a game where it's you and you've got to make that interception against Green Bay. You've got to tackle uh, that running back on a cutback for a TFL. You've got to get that ball when it goes into the pile when a Caleb Evans knocks it out. Uh, Josh Josh Mattelis makes all of those plays. um, I just feel like we're so, so blessed and fortunate to have a guy like that. Every single time I address the team, I know I can look at Josh Metellus and he's going to be as engaged as ever knowing that he has a C on his chest and what's most important to him is what's most important to me and he's going to deliver that message hammer at home by his words but more importantly by how he plays the game.
1: Last one. Um, here comes old Taysom Hill. Oh goody! He's not a human. He's like a he's like a trick in a Blu-ray game, just all over the place. Uh, and and he's coming off a really good game. He threw a touchdown. He caught a touchdown. led
0: him in carries with eleven runs. Taysom Hill. Uh, he like how do you handle Taysom? Yeah, you got to have a plan for him in the run game because they're buying back you know, an extra hat in the run game. They can block everybody they want. And then he's as good as anybody in this league physically running with the ball in his hands. You got to have multiple guys uh, at that tackle point to try to get him on the ground. And then he is a former quarterback. He can make throws. He's proven that in this league. And they're not just wide open. He'll throw the ball on, you know, throw away from defenders. He'll see coverage. And so you really have to kind of, it's not your traditional, hey, this is just wildcat or uh, we can lock into these plays when when he's in the game. They can do anything. They can throw screens. They can run keepers, play passes. Uh, you name it, they'll do it with him in the game. And it's changed the dynamic of their offense. And it's really been a long time of, of the same old movie, whether it was Drew Brees at quarterback or. Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, it really doesn't matter uh, because when he goes in the game, whether he's playing tight end, receiver, he's on special teams, uh, he's a guy you just have to know where he is in every phase of the game. Great job, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. you. Kevin O'Connell, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, and I'm Paul Allen. Much more around the corner on
1: X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network and Vikings.com. Hey, welcome back to X's and O's on the KFAN Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. Happy now to be joined by Chris O'Hara. He is the quarterbacks coach for the Minnesota Vikings in his second year holding that post, and um, what a week last week must have been. I mean, seriously, your week along with your assistant Grant Udinski, from getting Jaron ready for the game to uh, Josh Dobbs coming in here and just everything that that kind of went into the week for you and your assistant. What
2: uh, what was it like? Yeah, crazy process um, starts early in the week, kind of the Monday, kind of getting over the. The loss of Kirk Cousin, which was heartbreaking for us, um, and then jumping right into Jaron. And then, you know, adding Josh on Tuesday, kind of um, there, getting him in late Tuesday night, really just sending him some information so he could study on his flight out here. And then uh, Wednesday, just really kind of missed some of the early means because he's getting his physicals and just getting caught up there. And and early on, my focus was Jaron, getting him ready to play as, as he was going to be the starter in his first NFL start, which is a great opportunity for him. Um, so, really, was jaron and kind of just catching josh up when we could with little moments throughout wednesday and then really knowing that his prep was going to be at the end of the week friday saturday when we kind of felt like we had jaron in a good spot where we would really jump into josh um... and get him ready to go if needed which ended up being needed
1: in in the truncated time jaron played uh, what would you like
2: yeah i thought um... you know flashed his athletic ability in the keeper game to get on the edge and made really two great throws first one to his left where he came out on a, on a dirty edge as we would call it and had to change his arm and able to get the ball to Johnny Mutt and then um, obviously one down to KJ as well in the, in the low red zone where he was able to get that ball completed. Um, the big plastic to Alex Madison is kind of a, you know, one out of ten the ball goes there on, on that play design and mm. he was able to kind of see the look that, that would force it to go there and, and in rhythm. and. Uh, in stride hit Alex, which was really, again, right, not something that's like designed as that play. Um, and he was able to react to that, which was awesome. Um, I thought he handled the week of preparation great. Um, being an NFL starter is a tough. Thursday in the NFL is a tough practice, and handled that and Friday great, and um, you know, showed some ability when I'm out there. And I always some some things when he goes out there again, the next time, whenever that is, that he'll learn from in, in that limited time.
1: Uh, Chris, I mentioned the name Grant Udinski, and and I've brought it up several times on my KFAN 9 to New radio show up to the Jaron game because every Friday, and I'm sure it's more during the week, it's Kevin O'Connell's doing his press conference. I'm waiting to tape a pregame with him, and Grant and Jaron are uh, in the field house just doing so much stuff with or without a football and and that was before that was while kirk was healthy so you know we talked about your week but like your assistant grant udinski how important was he to you and the entire process
2: last week uh, grant was uh vitally important uh, last week as he is every week he does a great job for us and his role and his role is, is so many things but um yeah, that process really started um, when Nick Mullins got hurt um, because Nick kind of had his own process as being the two because he's done it for a long time. And then once Jaron got elevated to that two role, kind of, you know, again, my whole focus is, is getting Kirk ready to play each week. Um, and then kind of Grant shifted to getting the, the number two guy ready to go, Jaron, and kind of teaching him that process that Nick already had where he would just take him through a walkthrough every Friday to hit. Every play in the plan, it kind of allowed us to eliminate some plays, hey, he's not comfortable with this, he likes this, and then just clean up any questions. So that process started um, whatever that week was that, that Nick got hurt and Jaron was a two. And then once Josh came in, it was just like, hey, this is how we're going to do it. Friday, you're with Grant post-practice, and, and that's your one-on-one time to get er- everything cleaned up. And obviously um, they did a great job, Grant did a great job, Josh did a great job preparing, um, and, it, and it became vital for our success.
1: And, and, you know, everybody knows this by now, but if they didn't, you know, Josh, with his rocket scientist yeah. background, <laughs> I'd like to say, i ever worked with a rocket scientist before. I mean, Cousins is not a rocket scientist, but very smart and, and scholarly with the game and very detail-oriented. You know, but like when you initially started talking to Dobbs about plays and everything, is it just like a, another level of, of deciphering information?
2: Uh, yeah, Josh is, is super smart. Um, I, I was lucky to spend almost a whole year with him in Jacksonville. Um, so I kind of knew Josh and, and what he um, was and is all about. Um, but he's certainly knowledgeable, and um, I think it's always hard to come in a new system. He has experience doing that. Um, and I think the thing that helped Josh the most is that he started the last previous eight weeks in yeah. the NFL games. Because there's only one way to prepare to play NFL quarterback, and that's to play. And he had that that eight-week experience the last eight weeks where it's speed of the game, playing in a pocket, um, which Sunday he was able to just flip that switch and carry over. So the experience he had in Arizona of just playing each week I think really helped him on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he comes into it with Pittsburgh and, you know, he's with Tennessee and and he plays those eight with Arizona. But, like, he, he was called up last year when you guys played the Lions. And then you mentioned Jacksonville. So sometimes you forget that when they're on the practice squad, it may not show up. You know, within the statistical equity, but there's a lot he has seen throughout the course of his run, which is seven years long, and and so now having Dobbs into the Saints game, having him as the number one quarterback, like what are what what are what's part of the nuance that you can convey now that he and you know what's coming.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be night and day as far as our conversations that we're having. Last week was so much of just the basic level formations, how to call play, get in and out of the huddle to avoid delay games and penalties. Um, we're, this week we'll actually be able to talk through concepts, defensive looks, where your eyes should be, what are you reading. Um, so it'll be a, a next-level conversation um, that we're able to have, which it will be great, and, and able to coach him off the reps that he had within our system in the game and learn from those, because um, you know, a lot of those moments are his athletic ability taking over, which he did a great job of. But um, certainly some things we could clean up to make the game easier for him Um, and hopefully play with a little more ease than than he did on Sunday.
1: Uh, Last one. Um, How essential or in what ways was center Garrett Bradbury during all of this transition? I mean,
2: how big did he come up? Uh, Garrett was huge, um, even throughout the week with Jaron, and just his kind of presence that he provided Jaron throughout the week to to ease Jaron's mind and then uh, to just quickly transition into Josh and then just to solve problems throughout the game. You know, there's some protection things that that normally – you know, we we didn't get or some cadence issues that that just to solve problems throughout the game and and Garrett's uh, calming presence um, was great as well as the whole O-line kind of the way they just rallied around Josh and really the whole team and that's what's beautiful about it is a complete team win, um, which is a powerful thing and one of the craziest games I've ever been a part of and and to come out of there victorious uh, was one we'll, we'll never forget.
1: Completely agree. Great job. Thank you thank
2: Appreciate you it. chris
1: O'Hara, uh, chris o'hara the quarterbacks coach for the minnesota vikings and i'm paul allen uh thank you very much to curly Harris with the vikings entertainment network likewise eric nordquist at kfam and that's x's and o's on the kfan minnesota vikings radio
2: network
0: our daughter jesse loves playing detective a clue
1: but since we discovered she has sensitive skin we've been playing detective too We thought the problem was our puppy. But it was actually our old detergent. Uh Aha. So we switched to Tide Free and Gentle. Tide cleans better than the leading competitive free detergent, and it doesn't leave behind irritating residues.
0: Plus, Tide Free and Gentle has no dyes or perfumes, so it's gentle on her skin. Case closed.
2: If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Free and Gentle.